from high atop his mountain of index cards and tournament brackets, this is the Joy of Booking, a fantasy booking podcast. Here's your host, DC Matthews. Thank you, Brandon Banks, and welcome to Buy the Book. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Happy Sunday. Uh, it is the last Sunday of June here in 2021. I uh, hope you're doing well. Hope your families are doing well. Hope the forces of evil have become confused on the way to your house. Uh, not a huge amount on the docket today. I will be recording another episode of the Corona Cup later today. I'm just getting back from a vacation. Went for about a week. Uh, went to an island for a few days. Went to a place by the water that's not on an island, more of a peninsula for a few days. Uh, glad to be home. You know, there's something about a vacation I find. Maybe this is just me, but I find that when you go on vacation, uh, you know, the travel days are always hectic, especially when you're you're doing multiple modes of transportation to get where you're going. Um and then you get there and you get into a groove of relaxation and you enjoy yourself. But then there, there comes a time when you you want to be home. Um, and, you know, that was for us yesterday. We wanted to be home and thankfully we were coming home. And again, hectic day of travel, having to get places dealing with traffic and, you know, on places you're not exactly sure of where you're going and always a little bit stressful, but happy to be home now. Uh, I think part of that is because I know that I still have nine weeks off. You know, uh, they say that being a teacher is a calling. Maybe that's true. Um, maybe not. But, you know, you, you, you can't argue with the hours. I understand that lots of teachers put in lots of extra time and are working on the weekends and planning things and doing all of this great stuff. And that's wonderful if you're one of those people. But you can't argue with the actual hours. So, like I said, hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm excited to be able to record. And I'm excited because it, it was only last Sunday that uh, we had Helena Cell and we had the the beginning of the POB draft for the first time ever uh, I was a draft participant not a draft facilitator I got to sit back and and watch as Jeremy and Glenn did a very nice job running uh two pools of a draft I was only in pool one so part of me you know there I like the facilitator role Obviously, as I did it for years and years and years, I like being able to see what everyone is doing and kind of, you know, feel like I have my hands in all sorts of pies. Is that the expression? Hands in pies. Um, so there was a part of me that was wistful because I wasn't in draft B. I had no idea what the conversation was. I had no idea really who was in it. Um, but at the same time, the fact that if the draft board wasn't updated, uh, there was an issue with Google Draft and Google Docs, and I, you know, I, I myself am no Google expert, uh, but the fact that I didn't have to worry about it, I watched as other people worried about it. Um, the spelling mistakes made me twitch a little bit. Ginny and Joseph Connors, 
And there were other ones, but that's okay. I had, to, I had to push the teacher part of me down. That part goes into hibernation for the next few months. Um, but again, kudos to, to Glenn and Jeremy over there at the Piece of Business podcast. Drink some water. Uh, for doing a very nice job. And we were done in a week. We got through 20 plus rounds uh, in a week, if not less than that, like five days, which you know, I think part of that has to do with the 12-hour time difference. Um, usually I said 24 hours, which is a long time. Um, 12 hours, good amount of time. I also think we just had a group that was really into it. And the, the, from the looks of it, Group B was also really into it. Enough so that later today, uh, we'll get the draft board for the all-time tournament. Um, and we'll be able to do that. Now, I have my matches for my first, for the the. 2021 draft. I have my matches. I'll go through them with you shortly. I I struggle with the all-time draft. Not because I don't think it's valuable. I love it. But I don't have a strategy besides making as many trades as possible and collecting picks. I suppose that could be my strategy. Um. You know, last year I did try to draft someone uh, for every letter of the alphabet, from Zeus to, I don't remember who I picked, Andrade or whoever it was. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those, like, what, you know, do I want to try to draft only masked wrestlers? Do I want to draft, you know, colors, blue blazer, um, the amazing red, yellow dog, orange Cassidy? Al Green. I could do that. There'd be a lot of blacks, a lot of whites, I would imagine. Uh, do I want to draft, you know, kind of an international pool and try to get someone from a different country? Do I want to only do tag teams? Do I... It's hard for me to pick because, and part of the reason is, not that I can't come up with ideas, I just came up with a bunch of them. Part of the thing I like about the draft is the trades. And so if I'm if I have a plan, if I'm only drafting masked wrestlers, then the only reason I would need to trade is if somebody else drafts a masked wrestler. And then I'm, I like when I'm doing the trading, I like being in the position of power. I have what you want. So in the, in the POB draft that we just did, I had a first round pick I didn't need. The, the, the plans, you know, the, when I made my list of people I wanted to draft, Nobody was likely going to go in the first round. I didn't want Roman Reigns. I didn't want Walter. I didn't want whoever else went in the first round. Pretty deadly, which was an overreach, I have to say. That pretty deadly could have gone in the fourth or fifth round. Um, so I traded it. And I was able to get a third round pick, a fourth round pick, and a sixth round pick for my first round pick. Now, the person who made that trade obviously realized their mistake when I just took their turns a bunch of times, but I like being in the position of power. I don't want to be the one having to offer stuff to try to get. So if I do a masked wrestler, I'm going to want Kane and I'm going to want Owen Hart to be the blue blazer. Now, if somebody drafts Kane or Owen Hart, now I've got to try to, you know, give up picks to get, I don't like that. So I tend to go in without a strategy. 
And as, you know, I the first couple of picks, if I'm not going to trade, in an all-time draft, I don't trade. I take the best talent on the board. Undertaker, Austin, Rock, Hunter. Um, you know, whoever you are going to say is a first-round pick. And then maybe somebody wants him and they make me a trade. And now I have other picks to play with. And I let the strategy kind of come to me at, in terms of what what I'm what I get so after two or three rounds I look at either how many picks I have or who I've been able to draft and then I can see a strategy start to come together I started to that was a couple years ago I started to do a stable warfare type thing because I had I think I had angle and I had you know I was like all right I could do team angle that's one and then I could do this and I could do so I, I guess what I'm saying and if you're listening to this and we're in the same draft pool here's my strategy i'm gonna go in once again without one and i'll uh i'll take the best talents that i can think of off the board you know you you tend i will say here's a tip i tend to draft tag teams because then i can hold either of them as trade bait so if you draft the british bulldogs for example Maybe somebody just wants Dynamite Kid. They're doing the best of the Super Juniors thing, and now I have the Bulldog, and I can make a trade. Or I can make two trades. I give the Bulldog to Glenn, and I give the Dynamite Kid to somebody else. And now I have two groups of picks. So the inclination is to always take tag teams because then you can make trades. It doesn't always work. Sometimes you wind up with a person you don't necessarily want. You let them go to free agency later in the draft when you realize it's not going to happen. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, again, don't plan on having a strategy. Or if I do, it's a secret one. And uh, I'm going to have fun. So, like I said, waiting for the board to come out. Um waiting to see what happens in the all-time draft. But we had the, the POB draft, um, the, 20, the, the current year, and I thought I did very, very well. Um, so much so that, let's see here, I do want to look. I, of course, took it off of my bookmarks so because I don't think I need it anymore. No, that's the all-time snake draft. No, that's an old one. I drafted Sting. Yeah, that was <laughs> now I'm looking at. You know, from Sting to Edge to Hayabusa to Quang. Yeah, that was my alphabet draft. That was a good draft. I had fun with that. It took a while for people to realize what I was doing. Um, they appreciated it. All right, 2021. I just want to see. I was able to, like, so, for example, not to toot my own horn, toot, toot. Uh, <clears throat> my first round pick that I traded, and then I think I traded some other parts of it, Again, uh, in the first round, I got New Day, Kofi and Xavier, Mako Satamora, Bailey and Swerve Scott with one pick. That's good. so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, nine, thirty, thirty one. I was able to get thirty one people out of twenty two draft positions. I didn't even factor in. Uh, the last two draft picks in when we're making my matches. All right. So it was a good, I fleeced some people. I really did. I'm, I'm, I'm a trade machine. That's what I enjoy most of all. 
Uh, so maybe my draft strategy this year will be to make the most trades or to perhaps trade everyone I pick, like to come off the board with nobody that I actually selected, which would be an interesting strategy. All right. So here's my show. I don't have a name for it. I'm not going to come up with a name for the show. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll set the groundwork. Uh, Zelina Vega is the authority figure uh, for my group. So perhaps I will take this group and do some fantasy booking with it in the future. I'll, we'll see. Uh, Zelina Vega is my general manager. Uh, Paul Heyman is the commentator, the only commentator. Uh, he does the interviews. He, he is the voice of the show. So Zelina Vega is the authority figure. Paul Heyman, the voice of the show. I got 10 matches for you. Uh, I'm not going to give you a play-by-play. I'm not going to tell you who wins some of them. I'll give you the bits and pieces if I have bits and pieces. Uh, During the pre-show, there are nine advertised matches. During the pre-show, we get a game of Uno. Now, this draft happened before Tyler Breeze was released. I could spend another half an hour uh, talking about the Tyler Breeze release, barely mentioning any of the other names who got released, um, and trying to reflect and anticipate and hope, do my own fantasy booking for what that means for up, up, down, down, because... With the exception of Jessamine Duke, who I don't believe is wrestling anymore. Um, I think she's just doing the video game thing. Um, Everyone who was on Up, Up, Down, Down and is no longer employed with WWE is no longer on Up, Up, Down, Down. When you do Battle of the Brands, um, they they had made wrestlers. They had black holes and, you know, wormholes and things because as wrestlers were released, the Iconics, Ruby Riot, etc., they couldn't be mentioned on the show anymore. So they had to be taken out and others put in. But Tyler Breeze is the second host of that show. He's on Uno every week. He does Battle of the Brands every week. Like, he is, obviously, Austin Creed is the face of Up, Up, Down, Down, but Matt Clement, a.k.a. Tyler Breeze, is the second one. I am probably just wishful thinking here, but how do you keep going? Like, Uno is the most popular thing, I think, on that channel. Are you going to just replace Tyler Breeze and have someone else play Uno? So you'll have Cesaro and Adam Cole and Xavier Woods. And what you're going to do, have Kofi play, have Big E play, have a rotating fourth person play. I feel like without Breeze, that needs to be done. Uno. And then without, if Breeze isn't there, then a battle of the brands is done. That's two big things that make up, up, down, down, up, up, down, down that are gone. So I have to imagine somehow, in some way, they will keep Tyler Breeze on that show. Um, Whether it's they make a deal where he can still appear on Up, Up, Down, Down, even if it's just for the next 90 days until he can sign somewhere else. You know, I was speculating when the news first dropped that um, I thought he wasn't going to sign anywhere else. He has a wrestling school. He has... uh, 
you know, up, up, down, down, that it has to be somewhat lucrative. He's got other things. He could be a trainer at the Performance Center. He could get signed to an NXT deal. I do think there is something to to that. He was probably on a main roster deal making six figures, and he'd been there for 14 years, so he was probably making... I'll, I'll just throw out a figure with no knowledge of anything. Let's say he was making $250,000 a year just due to the amount of time he'd been with the company. Um, I understand I'm supposed to be doing a fantasy booking thing, but I haven't, I haven't chatted with you in a while. I was on vacation, so um, forgive me if I pontificate. Huh, haven't done a pontificast in a while. Um, you know, I figured maybe he would be done. Maybe he would maybe not retire, but at least stop being an active wrestler for a while. Or, like I said, sign an NXT deal. Maybe, again, if he's making 250000 and again, I'm just throwing out a number. But if he's making $250,000 a year, maybe Triple H is like, look, we'll pay you one hundred and ten, Less than half of what you made before, but you stay part of Up, Up, Down, Down. Um, you know, we want you to do the, you know, be a trainer. You'll be an occasional uh, wrestler. I, again, that was me wishful thinking trying to figure out how to keep him part of the show. So I don't know. So yes. So <laughs> this card was built before that, though I'll, I'll work it in. So they're playing Uno. It's, it's Creed and Chugs and Swiss and Breeze. They're playing Uno. And there's a knock on the door. Austin opens the door and it's Kofi and Woods. And they're like, dude, what are you doing? This big show's coming up. We're not on it. And you're sitting here playing video games. Like, what's going on? What's happening? What, you know, are you with us or not, essentially? And he's like, of course I'm with you. You're my, you know, you're my guys. You're my family. You're my brothers. And then we start hearing, because we're plugged into we're watching. We hear chugs and Swiss. and What are you talking about? Uno is hugely popular. We've done 66 consecutive episodes. Like, you know, so we see Austin Creed, Xavier Woods, the duality. He's got his video games here. He's got his things. So the jawjacking continues. Now they're taking swipes at Biggie and, they, and Kofi. They're putting on headphones. They're jawing with them. A challenge is laid out. Six-man tag. Because Xavier's backing up his, his, his New Day brethren, of course. Uh, so now there's going to be a six-man tag. Left, right, left, right which is Chugs and Swiss and Breeze, versus Up, Up, Down, Down, Kofi, Xavier, Big E. But we're not sure about Xavier. Austin Creed could make an appearance. Is he really going to fight these friends that he's... So, that sets the stage for an extra match. Show begins. Paul Heyman welcomes us. Zelina is there. She runs down a bit of the card. We've got all sorts of fantastic things. And she is prom promising the greatest women's match ever is going to main event her first show. We open up two out of three falls. Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Buddy Murphy. Fantastic matches. You can imagine both supremely talented individuals. Who wins? I don't care. I honestly don't. A lot of these matches, I don't care. Uh, we'll say Murphy wins because I've been pr shooting, shouting his praises since 2015. 
So we're going to say Murphy wins, but it's very, very close. Hit row, not a factor. This is just Swerve. And since it's my show, he's coming out to Shaka Khan. If you haven't seen him make an entrance to the Shaka Khan song, I think it's Ain't Nobody. I think it's the name of it. It is. It's, it's the perfect song for the perfect wrestler. You, those, those marriages happen very rarely. It's beautiful. Go watch it. Excellent match. Won by Buddy Murphy starting off the show. We then get Raquel Gonzalez, the reigning NXT Women's Champion, who I got in round... Oh, my goodness. Where'd I get her? Round, where is she? I got her... Oh, man. Sorry. Uh, in round 16, having traded Matt Halliday. I hope you're listening. He likes borrowing my wrestlers for an appearance. So I got a trade. I... <laughs> He gave me a trade pick for the right to have Cesaro make an appearance in a non-wrestling capacity on his show. And he gave me a trade pick. I'm telling you, I'm a genius. Uh, so, yeah, I got Raquel Gonzalez, the NXT Women's Champion, in the 16th round. Ridiculous. Uh, she's taken on Camille from the NWA. Two tall, muscular, amazing female competitors big brutal match this might be actually no this is this is my hoss fight and i don't mean that in a you know bull dempsey sort of hoss way this is two you know supreme athletes going at it raquel gonzalez picks up the win uh over camille excellent second match and then we get a last man standing match the king of strong style, Kingsuke Nakamura. I hope that's not what they go with for his name. Uh, versus the reigning uh, IWGP heavyweight champion, who I got in round eight, uh, Shingo. Shinsuke versus Shingo. Shingo out there with his belt, talking about you know how great he is, and then you know, Heyman promoting how great he is, and then comes Shinsuke, battle of two. Uh, Japanese greats, incredibly stiff, strong style matchup. I'm going to say Shingo wins. Shingo wins. No titles are on the line in this bragging rights, and Shingo beats Shinsuke. Our only uh, official two-on-two tag match takes, uh, takes place next. Lorkin and Birch, who I really thought I was going to be able to trade to Glenn. Glenn was clearly doing a tag team card, probably a tournament. Uh, so I started drafting tag teams. Purely to get him to trade me. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be free and honest with that admission. I took Lorkin and Burke solely because I thought he would want him and I would trade for him, uh, which worked with uh, Imperium, by the way. Drafted Imperium just because I knew Glenn or whoever took Walter, who I forget. I think it was Matt Halliday again. Uh, and I got him. I got him. And I think that led to... Um, I think I took Imperium with one of the picks and a, one of those first-round things. So I got a couple of first-round picks from Ethan, the lone stranger, for, for my first-round pick. I took Imperium with one of those picks and then traded it to Glenn for two more picks. So that led to Bailey and Swerve Scott. I'm telling you. I love the draft so much. Uh, so Lorkin and Birch, who I, I thought I was going to be able to trade. I didn't. And you know what? I was perfectly happy with that because I love Lorkin and Birch. And then it gave me a reason to draft one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. You know this. Uh, I got 
The Addiction, a.k.a. SCU. I got Daniels and Kazarian because this card had to have Christopher Daniels on it. Uh, for all I know, Christopher Daniels is going to be my first-round pick. I just I may go that crazy and take Daniels with my first-round pick and build my entire card around him. Uh, no stipulations here, just tag match. Would be a thing of beauty. Both excellent teams, Lorcan and Birch versus Daniels and Kaz. Who wins? Daniels, obviously, obviously. Christopher Daniels. Ladder match. Next up, Sami Zayn versus Nathan Frazier from NXT UK, otherwise known as Ben Carter. If you don't know who that is, you're missing out. If you're not watching NXT UK, you're missing out. Be sure to watch. I got to catch up. Then my days off. Uh, ladder match. Excellent. Nathan Frazier gets the win. And then I, it was late in the draft. It was way late in the draft. It was round 18. So we, we only did 20 rounds. A couple people made some extra picks, but most people tapped out after 20. So we're almost done. And then Brandon, no, it was uh, Ethan, the Lone Stranger, uh, took uh, Darby Allen. And I've forgotten all about it. I don't watch AEW. And I went, huh, that means Sting is on the board. I don't have a Hall of Fame, you know, legend name on here. Why not? It's the 18th round. Let's be crazy. I took Sting. And I went, all right, well, who do I want Sting to wrestle? Obviously, you could get the legend match and do Sting and The Undertaker. The Undertaker hasn't been active, so that wasn't going to work. I did get a penalty. Tried to draft Becky Lynch. My fault. Got a penalty. Wasn't paying attention. Thought I could get all four horsewomen and got so distracted by that idea that I, I made a penalty. I think the only penalty of the this entire draft, but at least I didn't take Brock Lesnar. Jeremy. Um, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, all right, who are Sting's all-time? You know, Ric Flair. Ric Flair showed up at a Red Sox game, which was funny. Uh, oh, I could take Muda. And I looked because I was pretty sure Muda was a champion recently, and he was. And so then in the 19th round, I drafted Muda. So it is 2021, and we are doing Sting versus Keiji Muto, a.k.a. the Great Muda. Excellent matches from the late 80s, early 90s. We're going to have it. And I, you know what? I bet they still have a pretty good match. It'd be short. It'd be six minutes. It'd be eight minutes if you count entrances. Maybe ten if you count entrances. But I wanted Sting versus Muda. I got Sting versus Muda. I'm a happy guy. I'm real excited about this one. A triple threat submission match. I'm on the fence. You might have to submit both people. That might have to be the thing is it's a match where you have to submit both of your opponents in order to win. So interesting strategy there because there's not an elimination. So if person one taps out person two, person two still gets to wrestle and then they have to keep trying to tap out the other two. So I think that would be interesting. Kyle O'Reilly, Minoru Suzuki, Drew Gulak. Triple threat submission match. Not elimination. I think I'm going to throw it in there. You have to tap out both your opponents. Fantastic matchup. I'm giving the win, obviously, to Drew Gulak. This is Drew Gulak's crowning achievement besides having six T-shirts made with his face on them. Able to tap out. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, who may pass out at the end. That might be how it has to do. I think that would be how it has to go, is Minoru doesn't tap out to anybody. He taps out Gulak. So now he's focused on O'Reilly. Gulak manages to tap out O'Reilly. So, and at the, you know, 
at the end, uh, Gulak has some sort of ridiculous submission hold on Suzuki, who doesn't tap out but passes out due to the excruciating pain, which is what gives Gulak the win. I think that'd be fun. Uh, it's the Carlisle Classic. Jinder Mahal versus Eli Drake, not L.A. Knight. For one night only, he goes back to Eli Drake for Mr. Carlisle. Jinder Mahal versus Eli Drake. Who wins? All of us win. All of us win. That's who wins. All right. Our double main event. Six-man elimination tag match. Left, right, left, right. Adam Cole, Cesaro, and Tyler Breeze versus New Day. Big E, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods. Who's the first person out? Biggie. I know. Crazy, right? But it is. Biggie's out first, followed by Adam Cole. So now we're down to Cesaro and Breeze, Xavier, and Kofi. Who's out next? Kofi. So now it's Xavier versus Cesaro and Breeze. At no point does Austin Creed show up. He's a little hesitant to tag in, wrestle these guys. But the New Day's got him. He's got the New Day Fury. He's got the awesome costume. Had the trombone. Had a great entrance. Xavier manages to pin Cesaro. So now it's Breeze and Xavier. Last two men standing. They wrestle for maybe another eight or ten minutes, doing all sorts of crazy stuff, brawling on the floor. And we get... The end, Breeze is wobbly. Xavier goes for, I don't even know what his finisher, oh, the honor roll? Is that what his finisher is? I don't even know what Xavier's singer's finisher is. We get almost a Sean and Rick. He, like, pulls him up, goes, you know, I'm sorry, I love you, goes for his move, walks into the supermodel kick. Breeze picks up the win. Breeze is the sole survivor Everybody comes into the ring. New Day's there. Left, right, left, right's there. Breeze is up on the shoulders. This is Breeze's last match as Tyler Breeze. He is going out a winner. There's tears. I'm not going to say Xavier's crying harder than he cried when Kofi won the title because that would be just inappropriate. But there's obvious emotion on everybody's face. Big group hug. We got a curtain call, but nobody's going to get punished for it. Big curtain call. They're all there bowing to each other. It's the end of an era. But it's not the end of the card. Fatal four-way Iron Woman match. 30 minutes. Mako Satamora, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Bailey. I was originally going to do boss versus boss. I talked about this on a previous episode of Joy of Booking, booking a SummerSlam card. Boss versus boss. All of this happened before Sasha Banks apparently was on Instagram liking some anti-vaccination posts. She is entitled to like whatever she likes. I do have to wonder, is part of the reason she hasn't been on TV since WrestleMania because she refuses to get vaccinated? And I think you have to get vaccinated to be on the show. Which then made me wonder, well, who else haven't we seen? Is that what's going on with Keith Lee? Is it total speculation? Total speculation. All right. But you just wonder, like, who haven't I seen on TV? 
part of the reason, you know, maybe it was physical issues. Maybe it was they don't think Keith Lee's in the right shape. I don't know. Maybe they said Vince didn't like him. I don't know. Let's leave Keith Lee out of it because that is just, again, wild and unfair speculation on my part. But it is a legitimate question to wonder if Sasha Banks, they they had her go to WrestleMania because they wanted that boss or the Sasha Bianca thing. And then afterwards they were like, look, you need to get vaccinated so we can continue so you can keep being a wrestler. And maybe she said no or maybe not. Maybe she got vaccinated because she, the company insisted regardless. Had all of this anti-vax stuff come out, I would have never gone this way. But we have it. And. The way this match begins was going to happen regardless. Entrances, the match starts. All three, Mako, Charlotte, Bailey, all turn towards Sasha. Sasha tries to get Bailey, not going to happen. Sasha tries to, you know, work out a deal with Charlotte, not going to happen. The wolves are closing in. Uh, the first five to seven minutes of this are just Sasha getting triple teamed beaten at each one of the other three Mako Charlotte and Bailey get pinfalls over Sasha uh, nobody tries to stop it I always thought a multi-man iron person match would be interesting because there'd be a there'd be some time where you would intentionally not break up a pin if I have a two pinfall lead over my two opponents or three opponents and somebody goes for a pin I might let them get the pin because I, got, I already have two pins. You can have one. I just now have to keep you from getting the other one. So I think there would be some interesting psychology there. Uh, we get the Bailey elbow. We get natural selection or the figure eight. We get uh, any of Mako's incredible moves. She's got, I think, some almost Shining Wizard style kick that's brutal. Uh, but within five, six minutes, Mako has one. Charlotte has one. Bailey has one. Sasha's on the floor. Like, she may be out for the rest of the match because it really becomes a triple threat at this point. Now they're going at it. We could do the triple Greco-Roman knuckle lock spot if we wanted to. We could do the Charlotte and Bailey kind of look at Mako sort of thing. You know, maybe there's a flash of the four horsewomen, but Mako destroys them both. At some point, Sasha gets back in, gets a sneaky pin. So at one point, it is all tied because for, let's say, the next seven or eight minutes we're halfway through it's one 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 zero and at that point sasha has recovered enough she gets a sneaky pin on somebody you know mako hits another finisher on charlotte let's say sasha hits her from behind throws her out of the ring steals the pin we're at one apiece halfway through match continues pairing off we get mako and sasha we get charlotte and bailey i don't necessarily have a preference as to this how this match ends I imagine that uh, Sasha's done at one she only gets one win I imagine that by the 25 minute mark I see it as Mako's got three uh, Charlotte has three Bailey has two so Bailey's trying now now she tries to ally with Sasha because now she's desperate to get that third pin so now she's trying to ally with Sasha who maybe not having it maybe is having it there go at it at this point Charlotte and Mako have a lockup they have some you know time together to do their thing brawl again brawling on the floor 
Uh, Charlotte tries to moonsault onto all three of them. Uh, we get that traditional spot. Mako and Bailey move out of the way. Sasha t- <laughs> takes it. I, I don't care for Sasha Banks. I just, I don't. I don't. I Everything, a lot of the stuff I've seen just makes it seem like she is a little too full of herself and not as appreciative as she should be, and that rubs me the wrong way. Um, I'm going to, of course, give Mako the win. You know, at the very last second, gets a final pin over against Charlotte, probably, um, to get the win. But a fantastic 30-minute Iron Woman match. We'll have four. Let's say it'll be four, three, three. Bailey gets a third pin, one for Sasha. So, very exciting match. And that's my card there, friends. Uh, Ten matches. Like I said, I could continue to play around with this and do more. But I I got a tag team tournament I got to work on. I got the happening that I brought all of the papers with me in the notebook to my vacation, fully intending on finishing the... Uh, the happening, the last two rounds of my big G1 tournament didn't happen. Didn't look at the papers. Used the back of the notebook to write out uh, the food we ate. Like all the restaurants we went to, we wanted to try new places. That was what I used the notebook for. Didn't touch any fantasy booking at all. So I have a lot of that to do. I've got the all-time draft. At some point, I want to play around and do some more fantasy booking type things that aren't as random but I got plenty of time, plenty of time to do all sorts of things. If there's something you want to see, if there's an idea you have that you think I'd be interested in, send it along. Let me know. Maybe you'll hear about it on the air. Uh, I'm DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thanks for chatting with me and catching up for the last 38 minutes or so. Uh, I had a good time and really that's what it's about. That is the joy of booking. We'll see you next time.